Gundelio.com is a one-stop shop for the deals on guns and gear. The latest price drops, discounts, dealer codes, and more. Don't waste time or money. Visit Gundelio.com for guns, ammunition, gear, optics, holsters, and more. Gundelio.com All right, we are back with you. Tom Gresham. We just keep talking about guns because, yeah, by the way, this is gun talk. You may have been aware of that. Uh, when we talk about, well, particularly rifles, it was uh, Colonel Townsend Whalen, the gun writer, who wrote that only accurate rifles are interesting. I like that idea. Because <laughs> of why else? We, I mean, we've got shotguns, we've got pistols, which are kind of accurate. But in a rifle, if it's not accurate, well, what good is it? What's the point of it all? You know, and there's a company that has been helping us all shoot better, particularly with rifles, for many, many years. It's the folks over at Sierra Bullets. Joining me right now is uh, John O'Brien from Sierra Bullets. Hey, John, how are you doing? And, and thank you for being here. Absolutely doing well on yourself. Excellent, excellent. I mean, when I think of Sierra Bullets, traditionally, in the old days, you know, up till yeah, a few years ago anyway, it was always competition bullets. If you, Frankly, if you were shooting in competition, you were almost assuredly going to be shooting Sierra bullets because they were simply more accurate than anything out there, right? Absolutely. I mean, nothing leaves our factory unless it, it shoots the way we want to shoot and looks the way we want to look. How, how old is the Sierra company? How long has Sierra bullets been around? So this is our 75 or 75th anniversary. So we, oh, we wow. moved out of California um, in the early 90s and have been in the heartland in the middle of Missouri and Sedalia, Missouri, uh, since about, you know, right in the beginning of the 90s. That's, that's very cool. That's a good place to be, right there in the middle of the country. So, all right, so I, I guess the simple question, <laughs> it's really not simple at all, is how do you make a bullet that is accurate? What makes a bullet accurate? So for us, I mean, it, a lot of it comes down to the people that we have at Sierra. So everybody at Sierra is extremely invested in who we are and what we do. Um, and it starts from the beginning. I mean, we, we are still a old cup process. So, I mean, all the way from the cup to draw and trim it out, I mean, everything's got to be perfect the whole way through. Um, we're not great at efficient numbers just from the standpoint of unless we're seeing the accuracy that we want, it doesn't move. So we keep pretty close care uh, – I'm sorry, close eye on it. I mean, unless things, I mean, it's not uncommon for us to see accuracy of 10 shot groups at 200 meters and 0.7, you know, 0.8 throughout the day. Um, and we, we keep everything tight and controlled. And you're shooting a lot of bullets there, aren't you? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you can't walk in the front door of our place without hearing gunshots. <laughs> what a great place to work, man. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, we have, it's, we have a 300-meter range. And it, it's kind of odd. It pretty much runs under the whole plant. When you walk down the range, you can hear the presses above you. Um, it, it's a pretty cool operation. Wait a minute. Is this the? I remember this now. I had forgotten about it. Is this the range, 300-yard range, 300-meter range, where you can, like, put in atmospheric conditions there? Uh, we're not that fancy, um, but but uh, we, we do, I mean, have some pretty sophisticated technology in it, as well as pressure labs and other things. Okay, yeah, and, and of course, how do you measure BC? Because I mean, that's a big deal. Used to be nobody really paid a lot of attention to ballistic coefficient, and now it's one of the first things that people look at. So how do you measure that? 
I mean, us, it's pretty well automated. I mean, all of our shooting is, is you know, computer measured and, and all that. So the formulas, you know, look, looking at muzzle velocity and everything else, is, you know, it's just an automatic number for us. I mean, to, to say it quite simply. Now, in, in tuning it, it's a whole different ball game, and it all depends on what type of bullet you're looking for. Are you looking for that extreme long-range bullet, or are you, you know, in the Midwest like I'm doing this weekend, shooting white to, you know, 150, 200 yards? Right. It doesn't matter a whole lot for that. So, okay, Sierra obviously make, makes bullets for reloading, and that's what you've always been known for, but now you're making loaded ammo. Correct. So we have a, a few different product lines, you know, you know, we have a tip line, a matching line, um, and, you know, varmint lines, and sports master. We're, you're going to see over the next year or so some consolidation and, and some redoing it. Um, there, there hasn't been a lot of different offerings related to some of those lines just because, I mean, we're just like everyone else struggling to get components, you know, whatever be it. So there, you know, a lot yeah. of things haven't been out there. So we've been able to get a few things, you know, our game changer line for, for hunting is still a phenomenal line, you know, and going down the list of all of our different ammos, they shoot phenomenally. You know, someone, one of our, you know, competition guys took me out a few weeks ago and we shot, um, our six, five Creedmoor 140 grains. And it was the first time me shooting that rifle, a chassis rifle at 600 yards. I mean, and it was shooting with under, you know, three inch groups at 600 yards pretty fast. So it's, it's good stuff. It's... We, we, Oh, go ahead. No, it's almost like cheating, isn't it? it yeah, it, it, I was laughing because it was stupidly easy. I'm like, it shouldn't have been that easy to get, you know, the way they got me on it. But, <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, because I, I, you know, I walked into a thing, I'm like, oh, this is going to be difficult. You know, I'm going to roll through a box of ammo, and five shots in, I'm on bullseye, you know, with oh, the right yeah. help. And, and we treat our ammo the same way we treat our bullets. We waste a lot of ammo testing it. We don't load it in-house. Um, so we inspect everything before it comes in the facility, and so or before it comes to, or goes to a customer. And unless it's shooting and you know sees the pressure and cosmetically, I mean, we 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 take a lot of care in what the Sierra name is. Run through if you would for me, because you got a lot of different bullets. When I look at your rifle bullets, you got you know uh, the game changer, the tip game changer. You got different ones. Can you kind of just give us a real quick overview of the the families, if you will? Absolutely. So we have we have about we have seven different rifle product lines. Um, obviously, we have our Match King line is what we're known for and and everywhere. Um, but from that point, you have a tip Match King, which is essentially you know trying to get a little bit extra BC out of it. Um, we don't recommend it for hunting, but there's still a decent number of guys using it for hunting um, mm -hmm. and different things like that. Um, from that point on, we have our Game King line. So we have our original Game King line, which is a hunting bullet, you know, a boat tail type bullet use you know medium heavyweight um and then from that point a couple of years ago we stand we extended on that and did our tip game king that was a start from scratch type of bullet so it's thick jacketed designed for you know heavier type game you know from the smallest being a white tail up to you know, elk moose you name it um okay. the other hunting lines we have you know our pro hunter line which is a a flat based bullet you know, it's a spitz. A lot of them are spitzer designs. You know, hollow point designs are a little bit, you know, heavier jacket, but you know, it's a hunting bullet. Um, followed by the varmenter line. So we have one varmenter line that's not tip, which is just varmenter, and then we have the blitzking line, which the blitzking line is pretty neat. It's a tip little twenty-two to twenty cal bullet, and a lot of those bullets you can shoot over four thousand feet per second. 
What's the availability these days? Because as you said, I mean, I know supply chain thing, we, we get tired of hearing that, but it's like, okay, yeah, copper can be hard to get, lead can be hard to get, you know, all, all the rest of it. So as of, and when I've gone to your website, sometimes it says, you know, out of stock. So where are we in trying to get up to speed with everything? So as far as production goes, um, we've actually built the most variety of bullets in the last few months than we have in, you know, basically since before COVID hit. Um, we mm. keep expanding more and more changeovers, more and different products. Um, quite frankly, our biggest thing is, has been demand. So, I mean, the bullets that are on presses, we have a hard time taking them down when we still have them on presses. Um, luckily for us, all of our components or all of our lead and copper are sourced domestically and actually majority of it is within four hours of Missouri. So throughout all of COVID, we stayed good on lead and copper, but it was still, uh, it was still tight, but it was just really demand. It's just insane record-breaking demand that we've had the last couple of years. Are more people reloading now? Um, It's hard to tell, and that's what we keep trying to find out, because, I mean, we're just as struggled as primers as everybody else. And, and, you know, from what our customers say, it seems a lot of them have been hesitant to buy bullets if they can't get the primers to load it. I mean, I know personally my stash of primers is getting pretty low. I mean, I'm down to, you know, less than, you know, a thousand small rifle primers of what I got personally. And so, you know, I debate on what I use it for anymore. And so it seems seems like that market's going to come back a little bit and that primers are going to start hitting more as everything is slowing down right now. Um, but but we're definitely, the way Sierra is aimed right now, we're definitely trying to, you know, get that, you know, reloading market filled back up as quick as we can. So is the, going forward for Sierra, is the emphasis going to be on component bullets or is it going to be on loaded ammunition? Um, our, our emphasis has always been, you know, making the best bullets. I mean, that's who Sierra is. The, the ammunition is, is a th- side thing as far as, you know, people that can't get in the reloading market don't want to do the investments, all that type of type of things. There's, there's just some people that don't want to want to play in that. Um, so we're st- we'll still have our ammunition, but you're definitely, without question, going to see some reshaping of what our ammo lines look like over the next year or two. Okay, and people so want to keep the, up the with biggest, it, they just go to sierrabullets.com is where you can find all the info there. Correct. Okay. And, and so the one thing that we, we will ahead. have coming out, there will be one line coming out here shortly, and we will be doing, adding some revolver slash lever action loads coming out too. Really? What calibers? Uh, right now it looks like 44 mag, 45 Colt, 357, and 38 Special will be the ones we start with. Boy, that is a market where we need a lot more product uh, on the shelves, so that would be really welcome. And, we, and, you know, it's using a Sierra Legacy bullet, but a little, a little bit tweaked, making sure that, you know, it performs the way we want it to perform. That's terrific. Well, you know, as soon as you get those out, I need some, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, John, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And look, uh, you're welcome back here anytime because we love talking bullets. Absolutely. love it. Thank you. All right. You take care. Yeah, SierraBullets.com. Man, it's, that's exciting to hear all the things that they're doing right there in Sedalia, Missouri. All right. 866-TALK-GUN. Gun Talk will be right back.
Stoger answers the growing demand of optic-ready handguns for EDC practitioners with their STR9 Optic Ready, available in standard and compact configurations, featuring an optic cut slide with four included mounting plates that accommodate the most common optic patterns. With this system, installing a red dot is an easy install that doesn't require a gunsmith. Learn more about Stoger's full line of STR9s. Visit StogerIndustries.com. Spring forward? How about Fall Black? Enter Gun Talk's Fall Black giveaway for your chance to win a huge prize package from ATN Optics, Daniel Defense, and Franklin Armory. One winner takes all and will receive the ultimate black rifle package with an ATN Thor 4 thermal rifle scope, Daniel Defense DD4 R3 rifle, and three binary triggers from Franklin Armory. Enter now through November 30th at guntalk.com win. Void where restricted. Put the hot new 350 Legend cartridge in a big-ass revolver, and you're ready for deer, bear, hog, antelope, and more. Built on the rugged Smith & Wesson X-Frame, it's not five shots, not six shots. It's a seven-shot revolver made for a hunting. The 7.5-inch ported barrel tames recoil, all stainless steel. Your Smith & Wesson 350 revolver is ready. Drool-worthy at smith-wesson.com. All right, back with you here, 866-TALK-GUN. We're just, Jim and I were just talking about uh, he wants to get into doing some more reloading, or get into reloading, actually. And I was saying, you know, he wants to load 10. Uh, I could make the argument, for me, it's not worth it to load 9mm. Just not. Uh, you know, if I were shooting 10,000 or 20 or 30,000 rounds a year, yep, maybe it makes sense to get a progressive loader and do that. But for the amount of shooting I do, I just buy the cheap, the cheapest range ammo I can buy, and that's where I shoot for nine. When you start moving into other calibers, though, something like the 10 millimeter, well, that ammo gets pretty expensive. There's no really cheap range ammo for 10. And so he's thinking about doing that. And I was just saying that I think, you know, start acquiring components. Get some brass. Primers are going to be the sticky wicket, as we say. It's just, it's going to be the thing that's hardest to come by. Make sure you're getting, if you're, and here's a weird thing that's happening. And I don't understand this. I need to have somebody in the industry explain it to me at some point. Sometimes you get pistol brass that has small pistol primer pockets and sometimes it has large pistol primer pockets for the same caliber i don't know what that's all about uh but i just i guess what i would say on that is take a look at the brass that you buy and make sure if, if it's large pistol or small pistol that you're buying the right primers uh the the whole thing of you know, reloading, is it worth it? It is for certain things. I like to do it because it's a fun activity in and of itself. I guess like with a lot of these things, it comes down to how do you value your time? If you're going to go spend four or five hours reloading, and you say, well, geez, for that, I'm worth X dollars per hour, and I don't really like this, then maybe it's not worthwhile. If you say, yeah, I really like this as an activity, okay, fine. Then it becomes its own thing. 
866-TALK-GUN. Larry's in Dallas, Texas, along three. Hey, Larry, thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Hi, Tom. Good afternoon. Uh, yes, sir. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a rifle right now, a bolt action, and it says mm-hmm. two two three. It's in a flyer. It's going to come up for sale this after the Thanksgiving on the Black Friday. Will a five five six interchange with that, or does it have to say that on the barrel? <clears throat> this question comes up all the time, and the answer is it all depends. Um, here's the I'll give you the official answer. Then I'm going to tell you what Tom does. Okay. Okay. The official the official answer is you're not supposed to shoot a five five six in a two two three chamber. You okay. can shoot a two two three in a five five six chamber. Tom doesn't care. <laughs> I just shoot I just shoot him. Especially okay. especially in a bolt action rifle. In an AR, you could end up with a little excess pressure, which could affect the workings of it by shooting a 5.56 five, in a two two three chamber because the 5.56 five, military ammo is loaded to higher pressures, yada, yada, yada. In a bolt action, I just don't care. I'll shoot whatever it'll shoot. So what rifle are you looking at? Well, it's, it's a Savage, and a, it's I'm, I've never had a Savage before, but some of the guys that I... I shoot with and put that peer pressure on me to buy one. And now <laughs> I've seen one. You know how that goes. And they, yes. it's got a two, two, three. And I, I just had never had a bolt action two, two, three. I've got an AR, but mm-hmm. I, I just want to shoot something different, you know? You know, I, I think you'll love it. The savages, I mean, and you've heard what everybody says about savages. It's like, man, they shoot a whole lot better than they should for the dollar. Yes, sir. And, I think Savage, I don't know what it was, 20 years ago now, when they really started doing that, changed the whole landscape for bolt-action rifles. I mean, back then, 20 years ago, if your rifle shot an inch and a half, yeah, that's about all you could expect unless you got custom. And then all of a sudden, out of these three, four, and $500 rifles at the time, you're shooting three-quarters of an inch, half-inch groups. So other Gun makers started looking at that and going, well, what, what could we do? And then you had the right. Ruger, Ruger American came out. I mean, you're talking a four to $500 rifle that's shooting half-inch groups. you got the Tikas that are a little bit more expensive. But again, no surprise when you get half to three-quarter inch groups out of them. It just changed everything. And I don't know that Savage gets the credit. I mean, people understand that they're making good rifles. But I think that what they did was change the consumer's expectation. I mean, you and I are looking at it and going, well, guys, you know what? If Savage can do that for 500 bucks, how come you can't do it? That's right. Uh, one of the guys, he's got a uh, 6.5 Creedmoor, and this and this came, you know, just from, I believe he bought it at Bass Pro Shop. It came with mm-hmm. a fluted barrel, and it's got the, the screw in on the end for your suppressor or your silencer. It's got mm-hmm. the AccuTrigger where you can uh, adjust the pull and all that, and he paid like six hundred dollars for this gun. I, I, that that's basically a custom gun that you're getting for six hundred dollars now. Yeah, before they came out with those, you would be paying twenty five hundred dollars for a rifle that had all that and could shoot that well. And now six hundred dollars out of the box, you put a scope on it, and you go to the range. And honest to Pete, if you couldn't shoot inch groups with it, you'd be disappointed, wouldn't you? Correct. There, yeah. 
I used to be a Remington man, but it seems like they're trying to go out of business and not get well, back they into did, business. They did go out of business. Uh, right. And, you know, they, the smartest kids in the room bought the company and drove it straight into the ground. Uh, I still like my Remington 700s, uh, but all the ones I have are old. Right. But I swear, you know, it's like I love them. But now you've got all these other, and, and the weird part is you also have guns that are made, they're basically like Remington 700s now. The Christians in Arms and different ones have the 700 pattern fit in the same stock. So you have lots of options. And then you have this whole new generation, like you're talking about with the Savages, uh, with the Tikas, the Ruger Precision, Sa- uh, oh, not Savage, so Springfield Armory has its own bolts. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Oh, and there, there are more coming. I just saw... Uh, one that will be announced at SHOT Show from a company that people will all know their name, and people are going to look at that and go, hello. The other, here's the other thing that's happening. This is interesting. You also have a thriving market for bolt-action rifles in the 3500 to $4,500 range, and people are buying those up like crazy. So, you know, who knows? It's just kind of crazy. What's your plan? What are you going to do with this two two three rifle? Just basically go out to shooting range and you know shoot it and just and shoot coyotes down at our deer lease in the spring. There you go. Uh, just you know, I just don't want to spend thousand fifteen hundred dollars on something. I'm just going out there basically to have fun with. Well, and in a pinch with good ammo, the two two three, as you know very well in Texas, will take deer too. Sure, it will. I've got some V Max I shoot out of my AR, and it's incredible how accurate that is. Yeah, exactly. Well, good luck with it. And like I say, uh, officially, if you ask me to testify in court, I'll say, yeah, I told him not to do that. But if you ask me what Tom's going to do in a bolt-action rifle, yeah, I'm going to shoot two, two, three, and five, five, six. and I'm just not going to worry about it. So there you go. I appreciate the call, sir. And yeah, I know people are going, oh, he's not supposed to say that. Okay, fine. Call me and tell me why, okay? <sighs> yeah, the two, two, three, five, five, six thing. There you go. Um, you know, I, I, it was interesting that the Spring, uh, not Spring, the Sierra Bullet guy said that they're going to start bringing out some handgun, loaded handgun ammo, specifically revolvers. And that's kind of a shortage that I, when I go to the store, hard to find 357, a 45 Colt, 44 Magnum. Love to see some more of that. I would love to get some more 45 Colt. I love that caliber. Well, it's the time again, the time when we put on big, heavy coats, extra layers, kind of changes the options available when it comes to carrying a gun for protection. Think about winter clothing. How do you, and this is a real question, I want to know how you address this. In summer, we dress one way, in winter, we dress another way. And how we dress really affects how we can carry, how we do carry, and maybe op- it you know opens up some options, but frankly, it closes off some other options. I was thinking about that today. I uh, just, I mean, literally minutes before the show, I went online to uh, the Wilderness Tactical People. I like their operation, thewilderness.com. Not a sponsor, not affiliated with the show at all. I'm just a paying customer. I went online, bought another ankle holster. Uh, they picked up the Renegade ankle holster several years ago from uh, the folks that had that down in Arizona. 
And I bought one of the Renegade ankle holsters years ago on the recommendation of Clint Smith at Thunder Ranch. He said he found it to be the most comfortable ankle holster he had ever worn. Uh, the only problem is they wore out in three or four years. Okay, well, your shoes wear out too, so there you go. Uh, so I bought one then, and I liked it, and I needed another one. So I just went online and ordered one this morning, actually, because there are times when that is a pretty good option, whether it's for your primary or your backup gun. Uh, you need to practice drawing from an ankle holster. Don't be hopping around like a kangaroo trying to draw it out. You know, drop down to one knee or squat down and, and pull your pants leg up and then get the gun out. And you work on that, obviously practice it with an unloaded gun. But I like their, their rig. But they, they also have a lot of other good products, thewilderness.com. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you could tell them I said to call, but they don't know who I am, so it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Uh, another possibility for winter carry is in your winter coat, putting a smaller handgun in the pocket of your winter coat. And here I tend to go with a revolver, a hammerless revolver, generally 38, 357, or 327 Federal, all very good choices. And actually, there's some 9mm available as well in revolvers. Why a revolver in your coat pocket? Because you can shoot it without taking it out of your pocket. With a semi-auto, the chances are pretty good if you fire it while it's inside your coat pocket, you're going to end up having a jam because the slide won't come all the way back, it'll get impeded, and then you won't get a good feed, and now you've got one shot, and you gotta pull the gun out of your pocket and do a tap rack and clear it. With a revolver, a hammerless revolver specifically, you could just be shooting from inside your pocket and shoot all five or six rounds, whatever you have. Um, yeah, you're gonna blow a hole in your pocket, but it also means you can walk around with your hand on your gun. And that's about the fastest draw there is. Other ways of addressing winter clothing are the ways that you can't carry, or maybe all the extra layers make it a lot more difficult to get to your carry gun if it's on your belt, as opposed to in the summer when you have like a light cover garment. Just wondering, 866-TALK-GUN, how do you adjust? Let's go talk with Tom. He's on four out of West Fargo, North Dakota. Hey, Tom, you're on Gun Talk. What's up? Yes, sir. Say, I was. I. I. Uh, thank you, sir. I was brought up to not waste ammunition. I know this sounds like kind of a back hills thing or something, but I was brought up. My mom didn't have a lot of money, and my dad was well, whatever. But um, so I don't understand about going to the range. We sharpened our skills. Myself and maybe a couple other people sharpened our skills on hunting. What really is the reason to go to the range? I'm maybe that's too basic a basic of a question. Well, no, it's a great question actually, uh, because I kind of work from the assumption that people would understand that. But you asking the question tells me that they don't. Whether well, two things I guess. One, going to the range is if you like to shoot, then it is a, an activity in and of itself. And it's just fun to go shoot. So there's that. Uh -huh. uh, so, I mean, if, if, if all you want to do is hunt and you don't care about shooting, then maybe that doesn't hold a lot of appeal to you. And I understand that because for some people, it's not about the guns. It's about the hunting. 
uh, I like to shoot, so I just like to go to the range and shoot or, or try to get better or just, you know, make a guns go bang. Sometimes it's fun. The other part of it is actually trying to be better. And for instance, in your case, uh, what kind of hunting do you do? Well, I used to do it, and now I don't do much at all. I used to do some deer and bird, but uh, I was brought up with a twenty-two. That was my first gun, and when I went grouse hunting, I never used a shotgun. I would just hit the heads. I'd just mm-hmm. lay down, wait, pop off the heads. That's how I sharpened my skills by not wasting ammo, and then I learned about hollow point. Oh, boy, that helped a lot. <laughs> and uh, it, I guess... Um, so hollow and my mom loved cleaning those birds. There wasn't any shot in the bird. She right. loved cleaning those grouse. So, sure. Well, I, you, you I obviously are a very good some... shot. You know, but in my case, it's like, okay, um, I just got back from deer camp, and we were shooting deer at uh, 400 and 500 yards. It's not that, gee, that's a long way. Why couldn't we get closer? No, actually, in this case, you couldn't get any closer because that's where they were. And that was going to be the shot. It's not easy to make a shot like that, especially when you don't have a bench. And now that's where I talk about practicing shooting from a sitting position or over a rock or leaning over the top of your backpack. And the only way you're going to be good at that is to practice it. Ah, well, that makes a lot more sense. Where I was shooting in northern Minnesota, if you had 50 or uh, 75-yard shot, that was long because you had so much brush. Four to 500 Yes, you'd want to practice. That I could see then, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, that's the shot. You're going home tomorrow, and it's a a very doable shot, especially with the good guns we have now and the ammo and the optics and everything else. But as we all like to call it, the nut behind the butt plate, which is the shooter, really has to do your part. And it is... Things just change. When you move from 50 yards to 400 yards, it's a whole different game, and you better really be good at pressing that trigger without disturbing the sights. Gotcha. Well, now you brought up a good point. I just didn't realize that because my shot, my shooting wasn't, and even that was deer. Most of the time I used a uh, .30-06 or a .30-30, and that's Mm -hmm. still really popular. But now I understand. Well, you really explained that well. I just didn't know that. Okay. Good deal. Well, look, thank you for your call because there you go. As we say, there are no dumb questions because there are a lot of people probably thinking the same thing. What are you guys talking about with all this going to the range deal? Because if all you're ever doing is shooting at 50 yards, who cares? Like, yeah, I could hit something. It's a different deal. So there you go. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. What's on your mind? Surely you have questions to 866-TALK-GUN. Ruger's Security 9 Everyday Carry and Self-Defense Pistol is compact for easy concealment, fits in a variety of holsters, and offers a textured grip frame for a secure and comfortable grip. The trigger features a short, smooth pull, clean break, and positive reset. Available in full-size, compact, and pro-model configurations, the Ruger Security 9 is a defender's choice. Find yours at Ruger.com. That's Ruger.com. 
Our Honey Badger defense line features a new 357-127 grain load. Performance specifications are 1,365 feet per second from a 6-inch revolver and 1,900 feet per second from an 18-inch carbine barrel. Since this projectile is a precision machine monolithic bullet, there's absolutely no chance of bullet failure due to overexpansion fragmentation of the bullet. We think you'll appreciate the Honey Badger for the least complicated reason in the world. It simply works. Black Hills Ammunition, the power of performance. Your gun rights are under attack as never before. Joe Biden's administration has promised to rip away your constitutional rights, making good on the promises they made to the gun ban lobby. It's time to get off the sidelines and get in the fight. The Second Amendment Foundation's actions in dozens of landmark lawsuits have pushed back these gun grabs, but we need your help. Join and support the Second Amendment Foundation. Go to saf.org. That's saf.org. Protecting loved ones and neighbors is a high calling. Over the last few years, men and women of all walks of life have chosen to exercise their Second Amendment right as first-time gun owners. Through education and training, families and communities are empowered to protect themselves and those around them. Daniel Defense advocates for the individual's right to bear arms, which is why they manufacture 100% American-made, high-quality firearms backed with a lifetime warranty. To learn more, visit DanielDefense.com. Jim had a good idea. He said, uh, we're talking about shooting out of the pocket of your holster. We're actually shooting while the gun's in the pocket of your holster. We've done a fair amount of that on television, kind of showing how it works. Also doing the same thing with purses, uh, shooting with the gun in the purse. Don't take it out. Just You got your hand on your gun in your purse. Just shove forward with your shooting hand to get the gun away from your body and shoot right through the purse. But Jim's idea was a good one. He says, look, he's going to go to a thrift store, get some jackets, and practice this and see how does it work in reality, both with revolvers and with semi-autos. Does it really jam? You might be able to get off several shots. kind of depends on the size of the pocket, the size of the pistol, how well it feeds. It may be you get one shot. I mean, you can always get one shot off. Uh, beyond that, who knows? One thing, I'm just thinking about a safety thing here. You're shooting one-handed, obviously. Assume you're shooting right-handed. What do you do with your left hand while you're shooting with your right hand in your pocket? Specifically, the thing I would like for you to think about is making sure that your non-shooting hand is somewhere away from the path of the bullet. Because it really defeats the purpose if you're in a self-defense situation and you end up shooting yourself while you're trying to defend yourself from somebody else. So get that left hand away from you, either like what we've done in training is take your left hand and actually literally put it on top of your head. You know, it's really, really hard to shoot your hand if it's on top of your head when you're doing that. And we do that when we're doing real close drills, shooting targets at, you know, six inches from the target and that type of thing. You do that. And then also making sure you don't move your elbow down. I mean, that sounds weird, but you could actually put it in front of uh, in front of the muzzle. So just being aware of the muzzle, being aware of where all your other parts are 
as you go out to practice this. But it is a worthwhile thing. It's kind of a fun thing. It's an exercise you can do at the range and see what works and what doesn't. Does your semi-auto work in a big coat pocket? Uh, I think you're going to discover why those of us who have tried it a lot really like our hammerless revolvers for that. Our number is 866-TALK-GUN. Line 2, Sam, is out of North Carolina. Hey, Sam, you're on. Hey, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just really, really wanted to give a give a shout out to all the old guys out there, uh, the the guys who've been in law enforcement for twenty five, thirty five years, retired, and are teaching concealed carry classes. They're teaching what they know to the public. Uh-huh. I just recently went through a class with my girlfriend that was interested in it and this guy bill we got hooked up with him at uh nick's guns and gear in moorhead and bill was excellent 35 years nypd taught the class had hard questions uh-huh. are you ready to are you ready to pull the trigger yeah well, you know what you get from somebody like that? You, it's, you get so much more than this is a gun and this is how it works and this is how to hit the target. You get real-world experience of this is what you're actually looking at. And maybe if you're lucky, you get some instruction on how to avoid it, how to get out of it, how to recognize it as it's developing so you don't have to use your gun. Exactly. And he had, he had a lot of commentary on the interview position. Mm. You know, and and he taught the interview position. This was extra. This was not required by law to get your con- concealed carry permit. Right. He taught this based on his experience, and we really, really need to thank all those guys out there that are teaching these classes because they're given their decades of experience. Yeah, to they're sharing the shooting community. They're sharing what they have earned through all those years. Okay, let's take that a step further uh, and make a call out to anybody who has that kind of experience to consider becoming a concealed carry instructor and sharing that experience that you earned through all those years on the force. That's that's great, Tom. That's that's we we need more people teaching those classes with that experience exactly and yeah. i mean i was i went into the class i'm eight years army i spent three years forward deployed and i learned a lot of stuff from bill and that's what i hear all the time they say you know i, I have all this military experience i thought i really knew stuff and when i went wow there's a whole lot here i didn't know and, and look I, and I appreciate you saying that man, and sharing that and yes I also echo the shout out for everybody who, who does that and teaches these yeah we need more people teaching these classes we need more firearms instructors we need especially we need female women firearm instructors because there are a lot of women who just simply feel more comfortable taking a class from a woman instructor so if you're a woman who likes to shoot or has this kind of background Please consider becoming a certified instructor, okay?
All right, let's see if we can get some answers going here. Wayne's called in out of Lewiston, Idaho on four. Hey, Wayne, help me out here with this uh, question, 223 versus 556. Uh, yes, Tom, it's a, it's a pleasure to speak to you. I've listened to you for years, and but I, I heard this gentleman call in a while ago asking mm-hmm. that question, you know, are the two calibers interchangeable? And the information you gave him really uh, contradicts what I've experienced in my life. Uh, I had, uh, it's still in the family. I gave it to my son, and I think my grandson has it now. But do you remember the old Remington 788 model? I had a couple of them, Very inexpensive, but amazingly accurate bolt-action rifle. I had one in 223. Yep. Mm -hmm. I I had one in 223, and... uh, it would fire 223 ammunition, factory ammunition, flawlessly. Load, eject, everything. When mm-hmm. I tried to fire 5.56 ammo in it, the cases would stick in the chamber every time, and the oh, wow. extractor would not pull them out. So Do that slightly it... higher pressure was doing something. It may depend That's on the rifle. Pardon me? So you th- you think it was the higher pressure? Well, I don't know what else it would be because the 223 fired just perfectly in it. It was only the 5.56 five, five, the cases would stick. Well, you know, now we're back to the old, you do what I say, not what I do. And I said, don't interchange <laughs> them, but, I, but I'll do it occasionally. But, yeah, I think we're probably back to you probably shouldn't do that. Well, you know, it's one of those things where who knows? Maybe it's just the rifle. Maybe the, you know, chamber dimensions uh, vary yep. a little bit. I don't know. But uh, yeah. it's the have only you, 223 way, I've ever had. Have you looked at the prices of 788 rifles? I mean, they haven't made them in 30-plus years, and they have skyrocketed. Well, they had a tremendous reputation for being a an accurate Bentress rifle uh, action. You know, so I, yes. I, you know, this one I, I had I for had, many, many years. I had two of them. I had a 308 and a six millimeter Remington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this one yep. I just used. I, I the only thing I used it for was hunting varmints, uh, usually jackrabbits or rock chucks or something of that nature. But uh, it, it was just unbelievable. It would shoot a, it would drop a rock chuck out at 300 yards with no no trouble at all. And and it was like with the ugliest rifle on the market with that goofy little magazine that stuck out and the most plain Jane fence post piece of wood for a stock and that rear bolt, uh, the lockup that it had, but it had that incredibly fast lock time and they just shot. It did. It was, it was amazing. I would not have bought it new at the time, but in, back in about 1980, a friend of mine was getting rid of it at a ridiculously low price, and I thought, oh, what the heck, I bought it from him. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, so for those who don't know, if you get a chance to pick up an old Remington 788 rifle, they're going to look goofy. It'll be like the orphan in the back of the used uh, gun rack. Uh, you might want to take a look at it. If they haven't figured out how good they are and they haven't run the prices up on it, it's one to grab. And thank you, Wayne. I appreciate the call, sir, and appreciate that uh, heads up and warning. Yeah. Officially, they say do not interchange 5.56 and 223. You can shoot 223 in a 5.56 chamber, but not the other way around. We'll stay with that. That is the official word from the industry. As to what I'm going to do, 
Yeah, who knows? <laughs> hey, if you want to call me right now to be on the after show, this is the time, 866-TALK-GUN. If you miss a show, you can pick it up as a podcast anywhere you get podcasts. We get oh, half a million downloads a month out of this thing. Uh, so we're always out there. Check out guntalk.com for all our videos, TV shows, and all the other things we do. In the meantime, go out and do some shooting. Consider becoming a firearms instructor. Be safe out there because that really is the only thing that's important.